I'm going to go change my shorts. <laughs> if you're just tuning in and you don't know what happened, I dropped the mic there just a second ago, and it sounded really loud. And so in a minute, my heart rate will settle back down, and uh, we'll be good to go. Everybody wants to be happy, don't they? Yeah, everybody wants to be happy. Yeah, I, I want to be happy. You want to be happy. Everybody you know wants to be happy. Our desire for happiness, though, has kind of reached a fever pitch in, in culture, and most people are on a happiness quest, right? I, I just want to, to do what I feel makes me happy. I, I, I want to do, and I want to have my needs met, and I want to make decisions, and I want to surround myself with people, and I want to have fun, all of this because I want to be happy. Let me propose to you, though, a better way. Instead of living just for a happiness quest, you know what's better than a happiness quest? A purpose quest. It's better than a happiness quest. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be happy. I think it's great that people want to be happy. But purpose is better to live for than just mere happiness. And here's why. Here's the reason. Here's why a purpose quest is better. Because we're all here for a purpose. We're all here for a reason. And that reason may include moments and experiences where you get to experience happiness, but it is so much bigger. The purpose you are here is so much bigger than just happiness alone. God created you, and God created me, and God created all of us, and he put us here for a purpose. So, logically, go with me just a second. If God thought you up and thought me up and thought all of us up and put us here for a purpose, then wouldn't logically it just make sense for us to consult him for the purpose and the reason for which he put us here? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, it just makes sense. I don't know why it's so difficult for us to try to get our, our minds around this. And I know what some of you are thinking, you mean God doesn't want me to be happy? No, I didn't say that at all. God wants for you something more than temporary happiness. Because happiness is temporary, right? I mean, it comes, it goes, it's here, you're happy, you're not, you're happy, you're not. That's why purpose is so much better of a reason to live and a, a better quest to give your life to. Here's the issue, though. Here's the issue that gets in the way of a purpose quest. And all of this comes back around to decision-making because we're talking about decisions, any, any, money, mo, and we'll get there, and we're going to start talking about filters today. But let me, I'm, I'm taking you somewhere. Here's the issue that all of us deal with. We do what we want, and we find ways to justify what we want to do. This is true for every single one of us in this room. This is true for every single person watching online. This is true if you're a Christian. This is true if you're not. If you are sucking oxygen and you are alive, this is true. All of us have a tendency we do what we want, and then we find ways to justify what it is we want to do. And in our culture, we've come up with a phrase, a two-word phrase. That, that this is kind of like shorthand. This is kind of like an abbreviation for 
what I just put on the screen. You'll hear people talk about it, and maybe you use this phrase all the time. People talk about dun, da, 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 my truth. My truth. Oh, well, you know what? This is my truth. And I'm just trying to be true to my truth. And you know what? I'm just trying to be real, okay? I have to speak my truth. And doesn't that sound impressive? When people start talking about my truth, doesn't something inside of you just want to go, oh, oh, go you. Go you. Absolutely. Go, girl. That's good. Good. I mean, absolutely, dude. Everybody talking about my truth. Basically, what my truth is and the thinking behind this is when people... Look at what I think, what I feel, and I experience as the final authority of their lives. Now, they wouldn't come right out and say that, okay? It's just so much more tame to talk about my truth. But really what they're saying is what I think, what I feel, what I experience is the final authority of my life. Hey, I got a question for you. What happens then when my truth and, you tr and your truth are in conflict with each other? <laughs> what if your truth steps on my truth? What if my truth steps on your truth. What if what is good for you is hurtful for me? Then what? And what if what is good for me is hurtful for you? Then what? You say, well, we should just be tolerant of one another. You see, that's just the thing. Tolerance has changed. Tolerance has changed in the last years. Tolerance used to mean I respect your right to be wrong. That's what tolerance used to be, right? Tolerance used to be, hey, listen, I'll give you your space. If you want to think that, if you want to live that way, if you want to be that, and you want to be wrong, you can be wrong if you want to. I don't have to go along with it, and I don't have to agree. That's what tolerance used to be. You know what tolerance is today? Tolerance today is the thinking that, well, everybody's right, and nobody's wrong, so leave me alone. My truth, my truth. We do what we want to do. And then we find ways to justify the way we want to do it. That's a recipe for chaos, and we're living the results of that kind of chaos. We see it all around us. We see it morally. We see it politically. We see it economically. And we see it personally. And Christians are no different. Christians, we have our own phrase for this, our own words. You know, sometimes we'll say, well, I just believe God would want me to, and then we fill in the blank. I just think God would want me to, and then we feel, or, or how about this? I just have a peace about this. Mmm, that's getting real. I just got a peace. I just got a peace about this. You know, when someone says that, that's, that, that's a Christian way of shutting everybody else up. Like, what can you do? Uh-uh. I mean, you're like, what? How do you respond to this? It's like when someone lays the God card down. I believe God wants me to. Okay, you can't like, ah. I just have a piece. Here, here's what you need to know. You have to be very careful. When you are beginning to make decisions based upon peaceful, easy feelings you have or do not have. Because not everything that feels like peace is an indicator that you're about to do the right thing. Because sometimes we feel great about doing stupid stuff. And not every time you feel a little... Now get this, Christian, listen, listen to me. And if you're not a Christian, you just need to know. Christians need to know this. Christians, listen. Not every time you feel uneasy about something is that an indicator that you're getting ready to do something wrong. It's not as clear cut as, well, I just have a peace. Now, is there anything wrong? Does God give peace? Yes. 
But God doesn't give peace as an indicator every time that you're about to make the right decision. See, Christians, we just look for justification. We look for justifications of what we want to do. We look at it for other people. Hey, hey, we go to the internet even sometimes, okay? And we'll even go to the Bible. We're looking for ways to justify what it is we want to do. Bottom line is, all of us just want to be encouraged. We want to be affirmed. And we really don't want to be challenged. We want to be encouraged. We want to be affirmed. We want cheerleaders not coaches in our lives, right? We just want people to cheer us on. Go you, your truth, go you. And we're not really wanting to be challenged by people who may say, wait a second, wait a second. See, that's the conundrum we're in when it comes to decision-making. And, and last week when we began this series, we, we talked about some of these things that we need to know before we get ready to make decisions. And we said that today we're going to begin talking about filters that we put in place. And the filter we want to talk about today that, that addresses this, this happiness quest, this my truth, I want to do what I want to do and then I want to find justifiable ways to explain it and to give myself permission and to tell everybody to back off, leave me alone, and even to, to kind of pin God on it. What you and I need is an honest God filter. And I know that sounds like a, a, a Christian thing. To say. I get it, I get it. But let me, let me put it like this. Whatever honors God is best for me. Whatever honors God is best for me. And as a result would be the right decision to make. The best decision to make. Whatever honors God is best for me. So I want you to, and, and by the way, and we don't have time to get into all this, but it's also best for others. Whatever honors God is not only best for you, but it's best for those in your life who love you and whom you love. Because remember, we talked about this last week, okay? It affects other people. It's not just about you. I want you to think about decisions you're trying to make right now. Whether it's financial, job, relationship, doesn't matter. Whatever decision you're trying to make right now. And I want you to just say this to yourself, thinking about that decision. Okay, whatever in this decision honors God is best for me. It's what's right. It's what's best. It didn't say, what, I'm not saying that whatever honors God is easiest for me, because it's rarely the easiest thing. I didn't say whatever honors God is the quickest thing for me, because it's rarely the quickest. I didn't say whatever honors God is the most popular thing, because it's rarely the most popular thing. It's the best thing for me. So how do we know what honors God? How do we, how do we know how to figure that out? Well, God has given us his son, Jesus, and he's taught us so much. God has given us his word, where we learn the teachings of Jesus. God has given us his spirit. Those that trust and follow him, he places his spirit within them to guide them to the teachings of Jesus in his word. And all of those align together. They're never in conflict. Be, be very wary if you hear someone say, I feel like God wants me to, and then they explain what God wants them to do, and it contradicts something that God has already said in his word. Because what is God has already said to be true always trumps what you think God said to you. And always get that. What God has already said to be true always trumps, always trumps, always is bigger and better and more reliable than what you think that hunch inside of you, that peaceful, easy feeling or whatever it is, that sign you saw, you know, whatever. See, whatever honors God is best for me. How do we know what honors God? 
Well, we're going to focus on his word in the next few minutes because it's a theme all throughout his word. All throughout the word of God from, from the Old Testament to New Testament is a continual theme of when you're ready to make a decision and you have to make a decision, there's this God filter you need to place in your life that you look to God for direction because that makes sense, right? If he put you on the planet, he has a purpose for you to be here. So it just makes sense to consult him for the decisions you make on this planet while you're trying to figure out how to live out the purpose for which you were put here. It all connects. And it's not just about me and you being happy. It's so much bigger than that. Let, let, let's start in the wisdom writings of Solomon that we talked about last week. Let me show you something he said way, way, way back when. This is actually one of the most memorized and quoted parts of the Old Testament scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will. Whose will? God's will. In all you do, and he will show you. He will show you. He will show you. You see this? Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you. The right path to take. Do you, do you see how that fits together? What he's basically saying is we have a decision to make. We need to spend more time looking up than looking in. See, see we, we're told to look in. Trust your, trust your heart. Trust your heart. No, that's not always a good thing. You know what the scriptures teach us about our hearts? They're unreliable. My heart lies to me all the time. Right? Just, it's just like your stomach. You need the donut. No, you don't. Right? You need to tell them off. No, you don't. Right? It's like you, you can't trust your gut. Don't, when you have a decision to make, look up. Don't just look in. Now, he didn't say don't try to understand. He didn't say you don't try to understand. He said don't lean on it. Don't depend on it. Don't rely on your own understanding. Why? Because you're only going to understand so much, and I'm only going to understand so much, and we're only going to be able to figure out so much. That's why we look to him. We look up. We don't just look in. James, Jesus' little brother, wrote this to the first Christians in the New Testament. If you need wisdom, and why would you need wisdom? Well, you would need wisdom because you're making decisions. We talked about that a little bit last week. If you missed, you can catch it up online and, and the app and stuff, but wisdom helps us make good decisions and use good judgment. So if you, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. That's real simple. Just notice the source of wisdom. Notice where the source is for the wisdom we need to make decisions. It's not within me, it's not within you, it's God. There it is again. Acknowledging who we need to be consulting, what filter we need to put in place for the decisions that we decide to make in our lives. Let me give you another example. There was an argument brewing in the first century among Jews who had become Christians and followers of Jesus and non-Jews called Gentiles who had become followers of Jesus. This argument over what people were, were allowed to eat and what they couldn't eat. Back then it was a big deal. I mean, really big deal. And I cannot overemphasize and oversell just how big of a deal it was. 
Because the Jews who had become Christians still wanted to honor all the Jewish dietary laws of the Old Testament and say, we need, still need to do all that stuff and can't eat this and can't eat that and can't eat this on that day. You have to eat it on this day and, it can't, you, know, and you have to cut it this way. You can't cut it that way and all that kind of stuff. And I know I'm, I'm over-exaggerating a little bit, but, but it was a big deal. And they were saying, listen, if you're going to follow Jesus, you Gentiles, you non-Jews, you need to do it like us. And the Gentiles were saying, I don't know. Do I have to become Jewish to become Christian? That doesn't make sense. Well, and then the Jewish said, well, Jesus was a Jew. And then can you see how nasty this could get? Well, well, Paul clarifies it. And I'm going to just summarize and get to the point. Paul said, it, it really doesn't matter what you eat. And that's not the point. Wow. It really doesn't matter. You're free to eat whatever you want to eat, really. But the thing you need to keep in mind is to be considerate about the people around you and how your behavior in choosing to eat what you eat is affecting the other people around you. Because, Paul made this point, people are more important than food. I guess it depends on how hungry you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I made that part up. That's not true. People are more important than food. Then after making all that point, he summarizes and says this. This is huge. Check this out. So whether you eat... <laughs> Or drink, or whatever you do. Do you know what that refers to? Everything. Whatever you do. Do it all for the glory of your truth. No. Do it all for the approval of others. No. Do it all so that it's considered PC. No. Do it all. For the glory of God. Do you see the filter? Do you see? There it is again. There it is again. So who should be the one that's helping us call the shots for the decisions that we make? Whatever honors God is best for me. Whatever honors God. You gotta make a, I got to make a decision. I have to make a decision here. Uh, if, if you're first century, you know, should I eat this or not? Okay. He, he told them the God-honoring way to go through that. And he said, and by the way, whatever you eat, whatever you drink, whatever you do in life, do it to the honor of God. It's the principle for life. Whatever honors him. You say, so this is just about, you know, what does God want me to do? No, it's bigger than that. If you keep asking yourself the question, what does God want me to do? And that's not a bad question to ask, but that just gets you, that just gets you focused on the result. Is this going to be right or wrong? I want to be right. I don't want to be wrong. There's a better way to think about it. To ask yourself, what is the God-honoring way to do this, is a better question when you're thinking about the process, how you do something. Because the way you do something is just as important as what you do. The way you go about something is always just as important as what it is you end up doing. So asking the question... What is the most God-honoring way for me to make this decision? If it's a financial decision, a relationship decision, a job decision, what is the God-honoring way to go about making this decision? You will never go wrong. Because when we talk about decision-making, people, especially Christians, want to talk about the will of God. Are we going to talk about the will of God? So we're going to talk about decisions. We're going to talk about God's will. I just need to know God's will. And you'll hear Christians say this. We need to be in the will of God. I want to be in the will of God. I don't want to be out of the will of God. Well, let me tell you what God's will is. Here it is. God's will is that you honor him. And every time you honor him, you're doing the will of God. Because God's will always is honoring to him. 
and honoring God is always God's will. Whatever honors God is best for us. I mean, real quick, real quick. Let me, let me highlight something that is not going to be a surprise, especially to any Christian and maybe to anybody, Christian or non-Christian. But, but we got to talk about this. We, we have to come back to this. A lot of times we come back to things not because they're new, but because we need to put a new focus on something that's old that we've forgotten about or we've glossed over. Let me give you two practical tools to help you discover what is honoring to God. Because whatever is honoring to God and whatever decision you're trying to make right now, you still thinking about that decision? You still thinking about that? Whatever is honoring to God is, is what's best for you. There's two ways, two tools. Reading God's word. You say, well, I, I knew that. But are you doing that? Reading God's word, the, the Bible, the scriptures. Again, no surprise there. Especially the teachings of Jesus, listen very carefully, especially the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the apostles because Jesus taught them. Especially the teachings of Jesus and the ones to whom he, with, you know, that he taught. Especially the New Testament. Now, what about the Old Testament? The Old Testament is filled with inspiration and it's filled with principles for life. And listen carefully, it's all true. But the Old Testament primarily is written to a group of people, with rare exceptions, to a group of people, and none of us are in that group. And that is pre-Jesus Israel. Most of those people, I think all of them have died. Pre-Jesus Israel. And so, yes, we are inspired by the Old Testament. It's so true. And yes, there's life principles we can pull from what happened there to those people and how, what, how God dealt with them and all that kind of stuff. But if you want practical insight on trying to figure out the God-honoring way, which is always best for you to make the decision that's in front of you, spend most of your time reading what Jesus said and what those that Jesus directly taught said. So if you say, well, I, I don't know how to read the Bible. That's intimidating to me. Well, start, start in the New Testament. Start with the writings of Jesus. Just start somewhere. Don't try to do it all in a year either. And I know I've said this before, but let me say it real quick again. Don't try to read the Bible all the way through in one year. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do. If you can do it, that's great. You're, you love Jesus more than me. And that's not hard to do, by the way. Okay, I'm, I'm not some super dude. Because... There, there's so much to focus on. I don't think the Bible was given to us in, in its length. Just say, okay, that's just long enough for them to get through it in a year. Don't write anything else. That's not, that's not the point, right? You say, well, I want to get through it in a year. I want to get through it in a year. That's not a bad thing, but let me tell you what's more important than you getting, it, getting, <laughs> you getting through it. It's it getting through you. It's, it's, that's the point. He said, I don't know where to start. Hey, and I don't have a Bible. Well, we give them away. We give them away. There are Bibles in the lobby. Or take one if you don't have one. Take them. He said, well, what if you run out? We'll buy more. Don't worry about it. And there's apps. There's something called the YouVersion Bible app. If you don't know about that, it's called U-Y-O-U version Bible app. It's free. Start somewhere. Because reading God's word is a huge part of what it means and what you'll discover and helping you understand what is honoring to God. And the second, again, no surprise, but, but we, we get away from it. The simplicity of prayer. The simplicity of prayer. 
See, we think prayer is for God, to get God to do what we want him to do. Oh, that's not what about prayer. Prayer is not about getting God to do what you want him to do. It's about aligning your heart with his. It's not just getting God to change stuff. It's about allowing God to change you. Now, does prayer change stuff? Sometimes, yeah. But when we truly pray, prayer always changes us. And the bonus is sometimes stuff too. You pray. You pray not because you want to get the answer, not just so you want to get the answer, right? I have a decision to make, so I'm going to pray. God, you tell me what to do. We'll talk a little bit about this next week. You know, God, show me a sign, that whole thing. I just, want, I just need to know. I just need to know. Yes or no, yes or no. Him or her. I just got to know. I just got to know. I just got to know. See, it's, it's a short-sighted way of going about prayer. And I, and I know that a lot of people don't even pray until they have a decision to make and they want God to let them know what to do. Right? Well, I need to pray about this because they have a decision to make. You see? You see how very predictable our patterns are, unfortunately. So prayer is not about just getting the answer you want, but aligning your heart, aligning your mind, aligning your will with God's. And when my heart is aligned with God's and your heart and mind and thinking is aligned with God's, guess what happens? Then God begins to change you and prepare you for whatever the answer is going to be. And for however he wants to direct your life. Because that's what prayer does. It brings our heart and our mind and our will into alignment with God's. And when we're in alignment with God, then we're honoring him. And whatever honors God is best for us. I don't know what decision you have to make. But I want to spend the last couple of minutes addressing two groups of people. Everybody in this room and everybody watching online falls into one of these two categories of people. First of all, if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to understand this. I want you to listen very carefully. The first and greatest decision, the biggest decision in front of you is whether or not you're going to begin honoring God by putting your trust in his son as your savior and forgiver. It's the most God-honoring thing you can do is to trust his son, Jesus. Acknowledge what Jesus did for you and to put your trust in him as your savior and follow him. It's the most God-honoring thing you can do. It's the biggest decision you'll ever make to receive his love in that way. You say, well, I, I need to understand more about that. Great, I'm so glad, because we, we have something that will help you. In the seat in front of you is a little card that says, receive Jesus. If you have questions, that answers your questions. It explains the whole thing. And we would love to correspond with you. Email me, email us. We'll, we'll talk, okay, we'll talk. We'll, we'll answer questions. We'll get in a conversation. We just want to encourage you and help you take that step. Because here's the deal. Taking that step kind of sets the direction for every other decision. It, it kind of sets the context for every other decision you'll make. And I'll say one more thing before I go to group number two. If you don't get that decision right, all the other decisions that you make in life really won't matter all that much. In the end. So this is a huge one. This is big. Trust Jesus. Receive his love. Second group. Are Christians. Okay. People are trusting and following Jesus. I want to ask you a question. Are you honoring God with the decisions you're making? Have you asked yourself. What is the God honoring thing to do? 
in my relationships. Trying to figure out whether or not you should date that guy, date that girl, whether or not you, you know, spend time with them. I don't know. Do you you think spending time with them would be a God-honoring thing? Are they the kind of person that you feel like God would be honored by you spending time with them and getting really close to in a romantic way? Is you honoring God? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we should move in. We're really thinking about moving in together. I don't know. Do you you feel like that's the God-honoring thing to do? Well, the most God-honoring decision in your relationship is to move in together? Yeah. What's interesting about that is that the rest of us watching you make this decision know what moving together, moving in together is all about, right? You know what that's about. It's about convenient sex, right? Oh, no, it's a financial decision, and it's about our love. <laughs> you think we're idiots, don't you? <laughs> that's so funny. No, it's about easy sex, convenient. Oh, you're right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. All right, you laugh all you want. That's just, just a good deal. Okay, so, so here's the deal. The big decision for a lot of people and the big decision for a lot of Christ followers. You feel like you can honor God? Who should I marry? I don't know. What do you, what, what, which one? That dude or that dude? That girl or that girl? Ask. What's the most God-honoring choice? Well, we're done. It's over. We're getting a divorce. Okay, okay, it's a big decision, big decision. Just, just, just consider this, because whatever is honoring to God is best for you, right? Is that the most God-honoring thing for you to go through with this divorce? You need to ask the question. Because see, see, you're here for a purpose, which means you need to consult the one that put you here for the purpose for which he put you here and honor him. It's a career decision, right? Should I quit my job? I need to know, do I quit my job? Go looking for another job? Do, do I go into business with this guy or, or with her? Do I go into a partnership with them? Do I start my own business, right? I don't know. What's the most God-honoring way to go through this decision? What's, what's the way you could go through this decision and honor God the most? Whatever that is, do that. You got a money decision. Should I buy this? Should we, should we buy this? Buy this car? Buy this house? Should we go into this amount of debt? Should we, you know, I don't know. If you're a follower of Jesus, you need to, you need to look at it like this. Okay, what is the most God-honoring way for us to make this financial decision? What would help us honor God the most? You know, should we give? Yes, because Jesus said. The question is, What's the most God-honoring way for us to give? That's like saying, should we serve? Yes. What's the most God-honoring way that we can serve? Any life decision. Should we move? Should we stay? Go to college, whatever. You should fill in the blank. What is the most God-honoring way for me to do this? Because whatever honors God, whatever, whatever it is that honors God, and we were told whatever we do, do it for the glory of God, whatever. It leaves out nothing. So whatever honors God in whatever it is you're trying to decide is what is best for you. And in the event, okay, because sometimes this happens, where you say, well, I can see it either way. We'll talk a little bit about this next week. I can see it either way. I mean, I can do this or do that, and I think God would be honored either way. In the event that you got two or three options, and all of them would be honoring to God, and all of them would be something that you feel like would be a good thing, then just pick one. Pick one. 
Remember we learned last week, you make the adjustments as you go. But the big thing is, is this honoring to God? Because whatever honors God is best for me. Use that as a filter. That's the God filter. That's the filter that we often overlook. Oh, but when things go wrong, it's the first place we find ourselves running. Oh God, what happened? Oh God, what happened? Oh God, I need you. And maybe God's thinking, we should have checked with me before you did this. Could have saved you a lot of heartache. But even then, God welcomes us. and says, okay, let's learn together. Let's learn from our failures together. And let's get back to doing whatever it is that honors God. Let's pray. And as you pray and as I pray, this is what we should pray. Something that says, God, help me discover what is honoring to you. And then give me the strength and the courage to decide to do it. That's the God filter prayer right there. So I don't know what decision, you know that decision you've been thinking about while I've been talking, that decision? I want you to think about that decision and then let's ask God to help us discover what is honoring to him and then give us the wisdom, the courage, the strength to decide to do it. Father, I don't know what decisions are on the table right now. I don't know what people are trying to figure out. I don't know what they're trying to decide. I don't know what they're facing, but you do. You know every decision that's represented in this room and with everybody that's watching online, you know. That, that's crazy, but you know. So Father, only you are in a position to help all of us discover what is most God-honoring to you, what is, what is most honoring and pleasing to you, what is best for us because it honors you. So show us. Show us through your word. Show us in times of prayer. Lead us down paths of wisdom. And then give us the strength, the courage, the guts to decide to do the most honoring thing to you. Because it's always best for us. And I pray this for myself and all of us here. In Jesus' name, amen.